Hello, this is Tracy Lee. Welcome back to life for something like it. Today I have my favorite guest, my better half, Sean, and we're going to talk about something very near and dear to our hearts, and that's kids. Those of you who know us know that uh, Sean and I were both married before. We were each uh, lucky enough to to bring a child into the world, uh, our son Ryan and our daughter Kim. It's pretty cool because they're only four months apart. So uh, when we got together, the kids were about four, four and a half. And it uh, was really neat how close together they were in age. We were really fortunate that they hit it off and got along really well right from the get-go. And that's not to say that we haven't had our trials and tribulations as a family. Uh, Certainly anytime you have a blended family, there's going to be challenges just like probably a biological family, as we know. Um, but somehow we, we cobbled together our family and uh, we've, we've made a good go of it and we're really happy that, that the four of us are, are together and, and have this life. Um, we started out with joint custody and uh, then around the time the kids were 11 or 12, they came to live with us full time. And anybody who's gone through a divorce or knows someone who has, um, we know it's very, very difficult. It's emotional, it's stressful, it's a lot of upheaval and a lot of heartbreak. You know, it's sort of the death of the dream. And uh, it's even more difficult when there's kids involved. And sometimes, uh, very unfortunately, the kids are not kept as being first and foremost in the whole experience. And as we've all seen or been part of, um, custody and financial battles can get really nasty. And, uh, you know, we've certainly all learned and heard about in the media a lot of these really nasty battles that have gone on with celebrities or, or particularly wealthy people. And it's astounding what you see go on. You know, it's so weird to think about people battling it out over $600 million dollars you know, like Brad and, and Angelina. It's it's just astounding. You know, they've got all these lawyers and lawyer bills and, and judges and court time and, you know, it's just, it's nuts. But what particularly irks me, whether it's a celebrity or just an average everyday person, any parent that uses their child as a pawn in the whole process, or if we ever see a parent, you know, either keeping a child from the other or trying to turn the child against the other, that part just makes me so angry. And I I mean, I caveat that with, you know, unless a child is in danger or the other parent is negligent, then that's fine. You need to keep the child away and protect them and all that. But even then, you know, don't badmouth that other parent because that'll make the child feel shame or guilt for loving that parent. There's no need to do that. Let the child determine for themselves. You know, that is their right to do that. Again, unless the child is in danger. Um, It's so damaging and hurtful. And it'll take a child through to adulthood with that damage. And when it comes to all these battles, you know, the financial and the child custody and all that kind of thing, really the only ones that win are the lawyers. So Sean and I are going to talk a little bit about our experiences with our divorces and our own viewpoints about this topic. 
and sort of what what we've experienced and what we've seen and and sort of how it can be better if we just can remember that we shared a life with this person we we made a child with this person so therefore they're they're worthy of our respect and and love even if we couldn't stay together you know why do we need to ruin everybody Hi, husband. Hello. Hi. Thanks for joining me again. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, our podcast we did last time got the most listens out of all the podcasts, so we must be doing something right here. I would uh, after this many years. I hope so. <laughs> so this this today the topic I'm I'm on about is um, just about divorce and custody battles and and sort of the the huge toll that it takes on on couples you know particularly the kids you know not only us but particularly the kids um you know I went through a lot when my parents split up and then my mom kind of going back and forth between my dad and and her second husband and and it was pretty crazy and I know when my marriage was coming to an end it was all pretty overwhelming but I I promised myself that you know even in the midst of all of it that I would always put Ryan first and I never wanted him to you know go through even half of what I did or to feel like he had to choose and you know of course Ron was the same in his approach and we were very amicable and luckily able to sort of settle everything on our own without you know lawyers involved or any big huge drawn out battles and and Ryan certainly benefited from that and and Ron and I were able to sort of stay cordial and respectful to each other. And I would say, you know, you had a different experience than I did. um, But certainly your, your um, priority was still Kim, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think probably early on, well, not maybe not early on, but at, at one point, I realized with any family, whether it's the, the nuclear family that stays together forever or uh, blended families or whatever the case may be, that uh, nothing's perfect and we're always trying to make the best decisions possible. But the one premise that I think I operated with and you operated with is that the ch- our children would never be pawns uh, in the breakup, you know, after the breakup of a marriage, which is a breakup of two people and the kid had nothing to do with it. So it's, it's always putting the child first was, was the best thing, you know, uh, that I always thought anyway, as best possible. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's hard when you're in the middle of it because our own feelings and egos and pride and wanting to move on or not, or whatever's, you know, driving us to, to make the decision, whether we're the ones that made the choice to end the marriage or whether it's the other person or a combination of both. There's so much that you as the adult are going through that sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that there are these poor little kids that have no say, have no control. Right. Um, you know, they're just kind of stuck in the thick of it. Yeah. From your own experience, what was the biggest challenge that you felt if you can take yourself back? I mean, we're looking, you know, in your case, it was 20, ooh, 20 years, yeah. 24 years ago, right? 
Yeah, 24 years ago. Yeah, the initial split. Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me as, as a person was that I really didn't have any friends that had gone through this. I had no resource to sort of turn to at the time. Um, the only divorce, I think, think there really only been one divorce in, in my extended family was an uncle who had been divorced, but there was no frame of reference. There was no playbook to go on. So there was that part of it that was a, was a major uh, feeling alone. I'm still a human being. And like you said, you know, that we're all, we're all human beings. We have our emotions and the myriad of it when you go through uh, a relationship breakup, you know, that especially, you know, when there's a child involved. So um, I, I think just not knowing, you know, where that next foot in front of the, the was going to go the next step that was that was probably the biggest challenge and not feeling any real true support not that the people didn't give me support but they just really couldn't tell me okay uh one plus one do this you know and this is going to equal your second step and etc cetera, etc cetera. well and there's so much stress you know whether it's from you know somebody's got to move out there's a change in residence oh yeah you know the the family and friends are caught in the middle sometimes oh. there's a financial aspect Yep. Um, the psychological, you know, whether it's the guilt we feel if we were the ones who made the decision, mm -hmm. um, dealing with how that other person is is handling the the breakup, um, you know, figuring out who gets what, you know, for you, your situation was you just basically, you know, physically as far as material things went, you made the decision to walk away with very little if i recall you just left you know you left the residence you left the car a car behind you left like what did you actually physically walk away with when you left oh um maybe the clothes on my back a tv and maybe some guitars and amplifiers but that was about it yeah the decision was like i, I remember and i i've told you the story before that when i made the decision to leave it was a decision to take care of myself so that I could take care of my daughter, but I didn't want to, pardon the expression, divorce myself from the obligations that I'd entered into. I mean, there was still, you know, uh, I had created a child, right? And, uh, you know, at the time, you know, Bo uh, was, wasn't working. I don't think she was. And at the time, so I still felt a commitment to the relationship, yet I didn't want to be in the relationship. Right, right. And... So and then also when, you know, you're looking at the fact of who's going to be the primary caregiver, right. you know, you were working, you were in your career, you were very busy. Yep. So I remember you saying to me that, you know, the most important thing is you wanted to know that she was well looked after. Sure. And I, I realized that, that was the best daycare to have, you know, her mom taking care of her. And to, you know, um, you know, Bo's credit at the time, we realized that that would be finite, that there'd be, and uh, when we entered into our agreement, you know, she, she agreed she was going to go back to school and, and, and get a, a career and further her own education because she already had some so that she, you know, she obviously could be a contributing member of society and to, you know, Kim's life and what she was. Right, right. And so what are your thoughts on the piece when, when we see, situations or experience situations where um, kind of like we shared a, a, a life with this person, we made a child with them. Yep. How do we keep ourselves from, there's so many situations where somebody thinks that they should destroy that other person, either whether it's in front of the child mm -hmm. or just in general, like what, what do you think happens? Do you think that people just get so, caught up in their own pain that they don't even realize what they're doing and that that can do so much damage to the child. 
I think in, in very rare occasions, it, it, the divorces or relationship breakups are amicable. It, from my experience, I, I would say there's always one party that's going to be more hurt because of maybe the one left behind. It doesn't mean the one leaving doesn't have pain because they certainly do or else they probably wouldn't be leaving. But I think that that pain that causes somebody to um, really want to hurt the other one it's just obviously it's their pain and they're maybe not dealing with it in the best way possible. And I, I can't condemn that. I don't judge that. I just, I recognize that that, that pain is, is, is a driving force to do stuff. And it's maybe the only way that they can survive or try to rationalize things in their life. I, I don't really know, but I think it, you said the word it's pain and not handling it maybe in the most appropriate way. And sadly, you know, sometimes that pain, the child gets drawn into and again, used as a pawn. And that's, what, what that that shouldn't happen i recognize it does but it shouldn't happen right and the whole philosophy of you know how do we keep our children when feel from feeling forced to choose or kept from the other parent in some way you know it it's just heartbreaking to me because i know for me missing out on a lot of time with my dad when yeah. we moved to bc yeah i mean i was lost without him even though he was only uh, you know, when I was little, he was a Saturday dad or whatever you want yeah. to say. But then when I was separated from him, it was absolutely heart wrenching. Sure. And um, back then there wasn't, you know, we couldn't make long distance calls. It was a big deal to send a letter. Right. Um, but it's just, I just don't believe in this thing that children should ever be forced or put in that spot where they feel disloyal to the one parent by loving the other. Right. Now, you know, when we entered into these uh, the relationships, whether you, me or anybody else, I mean, obviously, there was something about this person we loved and adored. And again, like I said, we entered in this with, with the greatest of intentions. And sadly, when, when they they end, you know, and not everything does have an expiration date and that pain comes in, sometimes inadvertently good people, you know, they don't mean to draw the child in, but they end up doing that. And, you know, it, it's, it'd be easy to say, oh, just be a grown up and everybody play, you know play fair and, and we should all do the best. But sometimes, again, it gets back to what you said before, that pain becomes overriding and people make bad decisions. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad that they do because, again, in, in the situations where, you know, people make good decisions and the child can be raised in, you know, two, maybe two loving environments as opposed to one, okay, more people to love the child and support them and, and guide them and stuff like that. You know, you can see what can happen is that you can raise a child to be, you know, a functioning, contributing adult and, and, and balanced. And I, I think that that's, that's the best case scenario. But in the situations where you have maybe somebody not making good decisions, somebody making good decisions, the person making the good decisions has really got to make sure that they maintain that and step up. Because if you have both parties making bad decisions, you're really going to mess up the child. Yeah. Well, yeah. And even though both you and I went through very different experiences with our divorces. Yep. Um, neither of us made it about stuff or money. No. You no. know, we, we wanted to make sure that, you know, somehow we, we walked away knowing that our kids were going to be okay. Yep. And um, we just, you know, it's not like it wasn't rife with emotions and, and problems. I'm sure you went through a lot of, of grief and, you know, you were always the guy that took the high road, in my view. You always found a way to, I would get so frustrated and you would just say, no, you know what, I'm not going to get into the debates or the arguments or no. or get caught up. I'm just going to try really hard to do my part, you know, make sure she's well looked after, 
Yeah. And even though I may want to do something different, I'm not going to. And yeah. again, you know, for, to quote the manager pro for the sake of the child, right? Exactly. You're going to stand up on a pulpit and, and say that I did everything right. Cause I certainly didn't. Right. Cause I, I've certainly made my share of mistakes, you know, and, but, you know, again, I think that the, from my perspective, I just tried to be the best that I could and do all that, that I could, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. And, and to what I knew, because again, there wasn't a lot of people that I could go talk to at the time about this, you know, an uncle had been divorced in the sixties, you know, where I was getting a divorce in, you know, 99, 2000, well, I guess, no, pardon me, 96. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a fair amount of difference. But my uncle did say one thing to me during all that. He said, no, we'll understand it, but you, but yeah. it is, it is unique and everybody's situation is unique. And, you know, and even the parents that are making the quote, quote, bad decisions, it doesn't mean that they're making the bad decisions all the time, because I know in my case, I mean, I, I certainly had uh, my couple of problems along the way. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, I look at Bowen, she certainly cared for Kim and, you know, very much and loved her very much. So I can't say anything that way. Yeah. But, and yeah. And the same yeah. for me, you know, with my situation, Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you know, darn well that Ron was a very good dad and cared and loved Ryan and to this day. So we're, you know, we both can't, neither of us can say that the children, either of the children were neglected or anything like that. Yes. And, and thank goodness, you know, and it, you look at even the legal counsel you had, like you went through, unfortunately, some really rough Oh yeah, rough patches there where you just you know you got bad advice or get all these bills and you a lot of bad advice. And the solicitor that I was up against was there to crucify me, in my opinion. And and sadly, you know, sometimes you know I think in situations where you've got maybe a more amicable uh, breakup is that when the solicitors get in or the, the the friend lawyers, you know, they they can make it uh, more of a, a villainous attack. Right. To get what they can. Mm-hmm. I've seen that so many times. I mean, uh, again, you can look at the bankruptcy stats, you know, as, as an indicator, you know, we got a 55 percent divorce rate. And how many people are, you know, put in all, literally into the poor house because, you know, their lawyer was better than the other person's lawyer. Yeah, I was really happy to read recently that here in Manitoba, the government has actually passed groundbreaking legislation. It's called the Family Law Modernization Act. So this includes changes that will make it possible to resolve all the issues related to child custody, uh, support, property matters, all of that without having to even go to court. This to me is long overdue and necessary. And I'm guessing a lot of lawyers are crying in their $10 uh, craft beer right about now. Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt it, you know, and again, it should be about, you know, the kids being well taken care of and, you know, and both of the parents, you know, or the couple being able to get on and live their lives as well. It's sad that the relationship didn't work out, but I'm sure both parties didn't go in thinking, oh boy, you know, I, I, this is going to break up in five years. So, you know, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, exactly. I know that, um, you know, you've often said to me, like, child custody aside and custody payments aside yeah why does one one member of the the original marriage think that they deserve a pension yes just for being married right and you know i get it and then i'll i'll sort of say the thing but what if the person was the primary caregiver and took care of the household for a long period of time Mm -hmm. shouldn't there be some sort of value for that and, and there is I, I i believe that there totally is you know yeah 
but but it's but you feel but, differently like if the couple was only married for a short period of time um child custody payments are one thing but the paying alimony piece where's the line that's the tough one right well i think it's it's certainly a one size fits one you know but I, I again i believe both parents have an obligation to make sure that that child is raised in the best way possible and after that you know to make sure that they're living their lives the best way possible but they have an obligation now if someone's given up a career for you know 20 years and was decided the homeowner yeah is there a quote quote pension after it of course there is but at the same time doesn't mitigate that there still is some responsibility on both parties well and we've seen we've seen both sides like we've seen where it happened to be the wife that made more money absolutely so she had to pay enormous amounts to um make sure that that other person uh had alimony and we've watched them go into sort of a bankruptcy or or like very little money whether it was the wife or the husband sure and and where they were left with very little Mm -hmm. because of these greedy battles that go on yeah and it is that's that's where it is is you know that pain that you're talking about sometimes you know manifests itself in in the form of greed you know Mm -hmm. you hurt me so i'm going to hurt you financially which then you know causes you know the other person to react in that way again it's it's great to say that there's this altruistic that both parties should do you know what for the kid first take care of themselves and move forward but I don't know if people are getting a lot of that kind of message. You know, it's more, you know, she left you or he left you and how are we going to get back at them? And then the, the, the collateral damage in this is the child. Mm-hmm. For which, sure. Which is wrong. I know. It's heartbreaking to see what it, happens. It, and, yeah. you know, you're right earlier when you said, why can't we have the more people that love our children, the better it takes a village. So, I know that there's an appreciation that you were here by my side to help raise Ryan by, by his, his, uh, his own father and his father's family. And they all appreciate him. Ryan appreciates like we, you know, both of our kids, I think, appreciate that they had this other influence in their lives. So I wish that more could see that. Yeah, well, for sure. I look at both kids, you know, whether, you know, I look at uh, Ryan, who he is today, or Kim, who she is today. I think that they combined uh, with you and I helped to mold them into who they are. And I respect that they are both very, they're independent people. They have independent thought, but they had a strong foundation in which to springboard forward and know still to this day, they get support, you know, and that that's a good situation. And again, we made it about them and we were inclusive of their, you know, like families, you know, where I would pick up Ryan's grandfather and Ryan and Kim and I would go to the beach one day. There was no animosity. How many times did the Costumics invite us? You know, yes, because, yes, uh, we, again, we were really good. Fortunate. With the Costumics or Ron coming to, to stay with both kids if we, we got away for a vacation when they were younger. It was it was a very positive situation and somewhat unique. And I think, again, probably one of the reasons you're doing this podcast is, is to share the story that it doesn't have to be what we hear a lot of the times, the Brad and Angelina breakups. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, I guess this, this is interesting because I was also just thinking a bit about, you know, maybe more the previous generation, but we still see it sometimes. You know, what are your thoughts when, when we think of couples that come right out and say, whether it's confidentially to a friend or a family member, that they're staying together simply 
for the sake of the kids. What do you what do you think? Is that the right thing to do? Well, okay. Again, being my experience, having talked to some friends of mine um, who where their parents got divorced when they were in their you know twenties or whatever the case. You know, I remember one friend saying to me, "I wish my parents had split when I was 15 because the uh, idea behind it is that the child growing up is going to look at the parents and say, that is my model of a marriage. And Mm -hmm. see that that model for a marriage is somewhere where people don't get along or they're cutting each other or they're just disinterested, the apathy with one another, they're going to move into their relationships. And I don't think they're going to have that solemn foundation saying, listen, you know what? A relationship isn't perfect. There are people are going to fight and whatnot, but there's also going to be a lot of loving and support and whatnot. And there's a desire to stay together and have each other's back and supportive. To me, that's a good relationship, but staying together just for the sake of staying together, it's a mistake. It's that your print you put on your kid is the wrong print. Yeah, you're right. Especially the apathy. Apathy is a good word because they say the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy and just a general intolerance of each other. You know, where where the, the couple barely even talks to each other as anything in common outside of their kids. Right. And it puts a lot of pressure on the kids, too, doesn't it? Well, they, and yeah, and yeah, they're, they're trying to choose one parent or the other, and it just mm-hmm. doesn't work out very well. You know, and, For sure. No. It, you know, and well, that's the model of a relationship. Right. Because what else do they have other than what they see every day? And kids learn more by what they see than what they're told. Um, what, yeah. what they see in front of them is going to be, like you said, that's the model. Right. And that's that's what they will it's, it's going to get ingrained into them. Right. And if they don't see love, respect, that you can fight and still be together, mm-hmm. that you can disagree and still respect each other, right. then they'll struggle in their own relationships as they uh, become right. adults. I, I agree. Well, thanks so much for your take. Oh. And uh, I appreciate you joining me again. Maybe we should make this a regular thing. Whatever, whatever you'd like to do. I have an opinion. I'm not going to say it's right, but I know I have an opinion. <laughs> Well, maybe I'll join your band too. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think that might be pushing it. Cross the line there. Yes, for sure. Okay, thanks, husband. Bye. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts and experiences on this particular topic. Feel free to send me a message on Instagram at TracyLee63 or feel free to leave a voice message on the Anchor app here. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review on iTunes. It helps others to find the podcast. Until next time, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye.